Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the word giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Keith, you are so funny. You're getting just like Pastor Kevin. I just want to say, um, my name is Elise Harris. I'm the assistant pastor here. Uh, Kevin Bordeaux is our lead pastor. Keith is our executive pastor. And we're a team. I'm the good-looking one of the team, but we're a team. And um, I'm here today to share a message with you. The same message I share here today, Pastor Kevin is over on in Richmond sharing the same message. So um, you're in for a treat. Um, we have been going through Ephesians and we're still in it. How about that? Um, if you missed the first few weeks, I'm going to kind of give you um, a little idea of what was spoken on our webpage. Am I in a bad spot? Go on our webpage and you can go on the podcast and download what you want to hear. Week number one, we talked about how the gospel transforms us. Week number two, the truth about being in Christ. Week number three, what we need to know. It's very good. Week number four, week number five, No, week number four, what we must not forget. And week number five, the sweet spot. And if you haven't found your sweet spot and you need help doing that, I suggest you connect with Pastor Keith and see where you can serve because that will be your sweet spot. As everybody knows, my sweet spot is prayer. I pound and I yell and I get excited about praying. Um... I do hope these series have been helpful to you all. Um, They certainly have been helpful to me. Today we're going to speak about maturity in Christ. Maturity in Christ. How many in here, by the raise of your hand, think you're mature? Come on, don't be ashamed. I thought I was too. We have so much to learn about being mature. And it's not your age. Certainly it's not your good looks. Not your fashion. There's a lot more that goes into that. Um, We're going to be looking how Paul was dealing with the issue of maturity in the churches. And today we deal with the same thing. I I, I think... um, even more so because people have lost their identity about growing up in Christ. So I think even more we, we struggle with that. Um, if you would turn your Bible, uh, whatever you use for reading the word, to Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. That's where we're going to study today. And let us pray. If you bow your head, Father, today we thank you for your word, God. I thank you for the study in Ephesians where we can just go verse by verse and learn exactly what Paul was doing in the church of yesteryears, the same thing we need to do today. God, I I pray that people, your people, will understand exactly what's going on. Let it fall on good ears, listening ears, that they might take this word today 
and change some things in their life, that they would run with it, God. I ask you to bless your people today in this Jesus' name and everybody say amen. Okay, um, starting with scripture. Therefore, I am a prisoner for serving the Lord. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Paul refers to him being a, a, a prisoner, not only in the Roman jail, but a prisoner of, of the Lord. And he does this with great pride. You know, most of us, I don't think we could stand to be locked up, much less in the tight prison that he was in. We know it wasn't a bars. We know it wasn't a cot. We know it wasn't even a toilet. He was in a stone, probably cave. And he, whatever he had to eliminate his bodily functions, it was right there in that cave. He slept there, probably mice all over. But he still found time to worship God. He still found time to do all of these writings. Um, so, you know, it's not too many Pauls left in this world, but Paul was a, a great man. Um, always be humble and gentle. Always be humble and gentle. Nudge your partner. Always be humble and gentle. Always. Always. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body... One spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God the Father who is over all. And Paul said this for a reason, which we'll get to, because people were not mature. You know the story about uh, the people in Ephesus, they were serving a, a god, a Greek god, Artemis, and or either Diana, and while they served idols, the Jews were serving and and thought they were doing what the 613 commandments did. So they weren't together. There wasn't maturity. There wasn't unity. Paul had to make them understand why there must be unity. And even today, it must be unity. As I prayed this morning um, before I came, God said. If you want to see a beautiful picture, look at unity. And that's a beautiful picture. Look at people walking together in love, in harmony. Not fighting, not boasting, not belittling each other. So Paul was trying to do this in Ephesus. Paul urged them to live in unity and, and in harmony, allowing love to bind them. And he reminds them that they were a diverse people. Look around. Hello, so are we. We are diverse and we must learn to uh, get along. However, he has been given... Each one of us special gifts through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd captive and gave gifts to his people. 
And this refers to the ascension back in heaven in Acts 1. Notice that he said ascendant, clearly meaning that if he ascended, then he descended first. And in the same, he who also descended is the one who will ascend again in heaven. Uh, this passage does not say when that, that Jesus went to hell and got keys. We have people thinking that. And I don't think that's the truth. It never mentions it, that he went and got the keys. Um, but it, it, God came to earth as man and saved mankind. That's the most important thing. He came from a comfortable place in heaven doing his father's will, didn't fight about it, didn't question him, didn't you know, argue about it, didn't say why me, as we most of us do when we're asked to do something. He came willingly from a comfortable spot to here to save us from sin. 11. Now there are gifts of, of Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers... Christ gave these gifts to leaders for the body of Christ because he ascended back into heaven. So he left what we call offices. And everybody, you know, they say uh, many are called but few are chosen. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a hot spot um, or their, their um, sweet spot. Not a hot spot. might be hot for some, but a sweet spot. Everybody has a gift should know. Operate out of your gift, not out of someone else's. It's awful difficult for me to operate out of, um, say, Tim's gift. I love to sing, but I can't carry a note. I would love to play the piano, but I play a harp instead. So everybody operates out of a different gift. And this is what uh, um, uh, Paul is trying to let people understand. Um... So why, he says here, um, when we talk about this today, people get really confused. They get really confused, and I don't want, I don't want you to get refused, confused. There are gifts that were initiated, in other words. They are apostles, and they're still apostles today. There are evangelists, and they're still evangelists today. There are teachers, and they're still teachers today. The responsibility of the gifts and giving them to uh, giving them to offices is to equip God's people to do His work and build the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such a unity of faith and knowledge of God, the Son, that we will be mature, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, measuring up. We can't come short. We have to do what, what God expects of us. We can't be lukewarm in this thing. You, you're either hot or you're cold. There's no lukewarm way to get to it. Um, we will no longer be immature children. We don't be tossed to and fro, blown away by every doctrine or lies or clever schemes of truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more in Christ. We won't be tossed to and fro. Before I became um, mature, I'll use that word since we're talking about maturity, 
every program they had in Richmond or Chesterfield, I was there because I wanted to seek something. Every evangelist, every prophet, every false doctoring, I never measured what they were teaching to the word. We have to measure that. I would go to it because I thought that was the mature thing to do. You go to hear other speakers. But can I tell you something right now? It will damage your spiritual life. It will damage you sitting under false teaching, sitting under the hype, sitting under people running around. And, you know, because after you finish running around, what are you going to do? What have you learned? Where do you go from there? So you have to be careful going to other places and, 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 and challenge the word to them. If it isn't in the word, then I'd say stay away. It has to be in God's word. Is that okay for you? Amen. Uh, We will not be influenced when people try to trick us. And they do that. Uh, Another incident, uh, and I have a bunch of them. I was at this service and this prophet was speaking out. And those of you that really know me, I'm shy to a certain extent. I am Anyway, I'm shy to a certain extent, but you can't fool me, you know. And she, and this, she called me out, and she said, "You need to come up here for prayer. Prayer. I'm going to pray for you." And the Lord said, "Da da 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 da." And it's, you know, just give you a little fifty dollar. Uh, what? Fifty dollars. I didn't move, and the pastor said, you're being uh, um, disobedient, you're embarrassing her. No, she embarrassed herself. I have four sisters that are in the ministry, and if I wanted a word, I can go to them. Why would God does not design his word to be charged. Why would you pay me for his word? Why would you pay me for a prayer? Why would you pay me for doing a service that I signed on to do? So you have to be careful. These false doctrines and going to churches and mixing with different groups and even trying to invite somebody here to make them understand. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. They, they prey on you not knowing the word. Amen. They prey on you not knowing God's movement. And soon as they feel they got you in and then you're in a cult or something and you wonder, how did this happen? It happened because we have to stand on his word. We have to know his word. We have to study his word. We have to believe his word. And we have to live by his word. Is this good so far? Okay, good, good, good. Because y'all are quiet. (laughs) I don't know if you had too much hamburgers, hot dogs. I don't know, but you're quiet. Um... Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body. Who is the head of the body. And I just want to interject, the body has many parts, but it's one head. Okay? The body has, the hand can't do what the foot does. The mouth can't do what the ear does. Hand ha- the hand can't do what the leg does. The body of Christ. One head, many parts. Many, many parts. And you're a part of the body. The church has one head, many parts. The pastor is the head. We are his legs, his hands, his mouth, his eyes. We're all that to help him. 
as each part does not own special work. It helps each other to grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. We're growing in love, not in like. We're growing in love. Don't be afraid. I'm a hugger. Everybody know that about me. Don't be afraid to hug somebody. I, I, I don't like handshakes. I won't tell you why, but I don't like handshakes. I'd rather hug you and let you know that I love you. And if you give this type of hug, you know, or, yeah, that is not a hug. You know, people can't feel your love through a little tap. And we're a, 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 a people here that love you and we love to hug. Um, Paul addresses one of the largest areas in the most influential church in Asia Minor. He had a problem on his hand. These people were out of control and they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Not like this church, but like some churches. I'll put it that way. Uh, they were made up of Jews who accepted Christ as the Messiah and pagans, uh, Gentiles who worship Artemis, the goddess. They came from all parts and all different cultures and all different backgrounds, yet they had to coexist in one church in Ephesus. One, they had to exist in one church. And how are they going to do that? Paul is trying to give them understanding that the goal of our gatherings have having leadership is that we can become mature in Christ. One of the gaps I've seen in churches over the last few years um, is this issue. They lack maturity. There are people in church today that still have that baby Christian mentality. They go through like this for years. It's like you know a romper room. You have babies with um, fighting. I want this. This is mine. You can't have that. You looked at me funny. You didn't speak to me today. I know what you're doing on the outside. You're not all that. Baby mentality. This is what Paul is talking about. We struggle with some churches today. There are divisions, gossip, heresy, competition, all of that. Um, years ago when I lived in New York, I went to um, our family church and we had a, a some something like a fifth family um, gathering and I sat at the table with some people and they weren't family but they were church people and I heard all sorts of things and it disturbed my spirit why am I here Lord why am I following or, or even um, in, in, you know integrated with this group of people that sit here and talk about each other and tear each other down from the pastor all the way down I heard everything and I, and I challenged my sisters um, is this what God wants us to do you know, they talk about hanging out all Saturday night and then can't come to church Sunday morning, but did you see so-and-so do this? And I saw... That's not what church is about. That's not what a church family is about. We are supposed to be sure. We're supposed to have such a tight, fit unity that nothing can penetrate it. And the devil will throw things at us naturally. We know that. But 
If you're not mature in Christ, you'll go away offended with your feelings hurt. I dare say somebody has walked away from this church because their feelings got hurt. Not because it might have been intentional, but because they were immature. And when you're immature, you wear a thin sleeve. Everything that rubs against you bothers you. And I pray that we are not like that. But this, this again, the church of today is the same church of yesterday. We still have this problem. Unity and maturity. It goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. One ministry shouldn't be talking about another ministry. It goes hand in hand. One, one, one uh, ministry leader should not be talking about another ministry leader. One pastor shouldn't be talking about another pastor. You can't do that. My thing is, how can you, if you do it, how can you look at that person the next time you see them, knowing that you dogged them out? Yeah. It looks kind of bad. So anyway, um... Friends, we're called mature just because they've been in the church 40 years. The devil is a lie. That's not true. You can be in here 100 years and still not be mature. You're not mature if everything bothers you. I don't like the way the songs go. I don't like the way they preach. I don't like the way they decorate it. I don't like these lights shining all up in my face. That's immature stuff. Get over it. Get over yourself. You miss out so much of God when you start murmuring and fussing among yourself. Well, did you hear what she said? I'm not going back to that church. Get over it. Step above it. Be mature. Don't let the, uh, the evil one use you to f- inflict all this out. Amen? Amen. Pouting. Pitting people, uh, putting people against each other. Uh, it's, it's just immaturity. It's immaturity. We have children's church and kids' church over that way. You can go over there and have a tantrum. You can't have one here. (laughs) Um, Here's one big idea. Maturity is essential to completing the mission. How about that? Maturity is essential to completing the mission that God has called you to do. Measured in years, but rather measured by the ability to work together with others, hold to stable doctrine, speak the truth in love, and receive the truth in love. Speak the truth in love and receive the truth in love. I love it here that we have that unity and that level of maturity here that I can speak to any of you in love and in truth. And we're still in love. That's what it's all about. I can come to you. And I don't have to go to anybody else. I can come directly to you and say, in love, I need you to do such and such. And we hug, we kiss, and you go on about your business. Not saying, you know, she thinks she's something. She told me this, and I'm not going to do it. I just said I was going to do it. Yeah, that makes you feel bad after a while. Because nobody is agreeing with you but you. 
you're talking to yourself and nobody's agreeing with you. Okay, I'll move on. Um, qualities of mature followed, followers. Um, we have three points that we're going to take away from this. Um, number one, Ephesians 4:13. They strive for unity of the faith. They strive, good, we do have that, for unity. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of our God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So pretty much this will continue until Christ comes back again. You don't just pick it up and put it back down. We strive, we push, we try real hard. And some of us, we have to try harder than most. Some of us, it comes easy, but the rest of us, we we have to strive and we push for that thing. Um, You should continue to be growing, even in your 80s as a believer, learning to accept new things, learning to work well with people. And Paul says that unity is an important mark of maturity. So you know of someone who brings division. You know of someone that murmurs. You know of someone that gossip and backbite. You know these people. Your job is to, when they come to you or around you, you can, ever, you can say very nicely, I really don't think that's true, what you're talking, what you're speaking. I think nobody, I, I've not heard it from anybody else but you, so I think the problem is you. And you can tell them that in love or not. You can tell them that. Um, unity is the ability to look past people's color, look past their personality, past their strong comings, past their failures, and love them as a brother and sister in Christ. Um, I can tell you about me. I know I agitate people. I think God put me on this earth to agitate people. I do it in love, though. I don't try to agitate you just, you know, to get you upset. But sometimes in our board meeting, um, I love the leadership team because um, I'm the only female on the board. And, of course, they don't always get agreements from me. And But I can say this time the meeting is over we still love each other we agree to disagree if we have to and we're going to do it in love and this is maturity this is not you don't I don't want to do it this way because all the men want to do it this way and I, I choose to do it another way this is not how we operate here and this is not how we operate at all I, I heard the Lord say this morning that unity really begins in your home Maturity and unity begins in your home. Maturity begins in your marriage. Maturity begins in your uh, the way you parent your children. Maturity uh, even begins on your workplace. Yeah. How bad is it if your boss say, I don't want you to do this right now. I prefer you to do something else. And you walk out the office pouting and, you know... They, you know, they're wrong. 
No. No, they're telling you this is what needs to happen. Maturity or mature in Christ and unity, it goes hand in hand. You have to be. We're looking for churches, and God's looking for churches that would meet the mark of maturity. There can't be union without unity. And uh, remember the story uh, Kevin gave you about the two cats' tails tied together and throw them over the clothesline and see what what happens. <laughs> um, sometimes you have churches just like that. They're fighting all the time. And when you fight all the time, you don't only damage the people around you, but you damage people's homes because they take that home. Whatever you get here, you take it home. So if it's um, fighting, strife, gossiping, you take that back home. And that becomes another issue. Uh, People are are asked all the time, what was the key to launching this church here? It was unity and mature. Yes, I've been here over 14, 15 years, and we had gotten down to 25 people. But we were a strong praying church. We didn't give up on this church. We didn't care about the name being changed. All we wanted to see was God move in this community. We prayed together constantly, constantly. We unified and we were mature about the different moves that had to happen in order for this church to be what it is today. Amen? Maturity. You're not going to always get it your way. Um, In life or in in church, you're not going to always get it your way. So you have to be mature and trust people that they are leading you the right way. Um, everyone in the building decided that we would unify despite our differences. And we had a lot of differences. Uh, we had different ages, races, and cultures. And made a decision to be one. We made that decision to be one. We didn't care what we needed to do to make this happen. We partnered with God long time ago. We knew that this place would still be here. The enemy tried to put so much pressure on us to close these doors. People left. You know, and this is a funny thing. And they left. They said God told them to leave. And then they would come and ask me, what you going to do? Well, God didn't tell me to leave. What do you mean, what am I going to do? We stayed. We stayed. And you can look around now. God has done some miraculous things. The, the community and other churches can't believe it. They think it's a gimmick. It's not. It's maturity, it's unity, and it's prayers. We have to have that ingredient. Until we become mature, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I acted like a child, I did childless, thing, childless things, but when I grew up, 
and became mature. I put away the childish things. This is what God is asking us to do. Put away your childish things. Our second... Um, our second... Uh, Point, they are stable in doctrine. And that's Ephesians 4, 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed to and blown at every wind or doctrine. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us and lie to us so cleverly uh, that make the lie sound like the truth. These things are really happening today. They're still happening in churches. You know, when when I first moved south, I'm not originally from here, um, I, but I'm a southern girl now. I've been here 30-something years, so I take on the southern accent sometimes. But when I first moved here and people um, going to Pentecostal church, and I heard somebody say a snake, I said, what does snake got to do with a service? That's taking on some foolish doctrine. Now, I didn't bring, whatever that snake was, I left it right where it is because me and snakes don't get along. But that's, that's how it gets you. You go and visit somewhere and you think that's the greatest thing happening. You saw a great response while it was happening. And then, boom, I'm going to bring it to our church and try it there. But you don't bring it to the church. You bring it to people in the church. You pass the pastor. You pass leadership. You pass uh, ministry heads and you go to other people. Say, let's do this. Let's do that. And then you have a problem. I thank God Thrive is drama free. We don't have problems here. In Ephesus, they were fighting every belief that they could. Uh, they didn't like Paul anyway because he stopped the, the business of selling Artemis t-shirts and bracelets and idols. So they fought everything hand in hand. But he continued to show them the mark of maturity is solid doctrine. The Bible is solid. You can't go wrong with the Bible. You can't go wrong. It's solid doctrine. This is why we, we teach from the Bible. Another uh, mark of maturity is that we don't ride every wave or pop theology. When we live in a culture much like Ephesians, we have to talk to, we have to show hosts we have become American pastors. The show hosts on television, oh my goodness, the things that they do. I don't, other than the money that they pay for the time, I don't know why people watch them anymore. But they do. You might out of a few of them get something. But the majority of them, what are they doing? One thing they all do. Anybody know? I didn't hear it. Begging for money? Begging for money? Send me a hundred dollars and I'm going to send you this little cloth that's going to change your life and everything in your life. Send me $50 here and I'm going to send you a, a paperback book that really costs $2.95. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you can't be fooled by that. Anything you need to know, I guarantee it's in the Bible. Amen? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, so you need to stick with sound doctrine. Mm. They feed off... Excuse me. TV hosts feed off ignorant Christians. They feed off ignorant Christians. 
Why are they ignorant? Excuse me. They're ignorant because they're too lazy to read the Word. Ignorant because you're too lazy to study the Word. Ignorant because some of your Bibles haven't been opened up in years. It still has that new smell to it. So we still go about not, not preparing ourselves to fight this thing. Not preparing ourselves to grow in maturity. Our primary source is truth. Our personal experience of salvation and God's power working in our lives is another important source. Wesley said, what the scripture promised, I enjoy. We have looked at the constant of the Christian's faith for over 2,000 years. Cults like Mormons and Jehovah Witness have surfaced in the past 100 to 200 years. Logic and the ability to use our reasons is important as well as when we have stable doctrine. You have to know that you know that you know. That's all it is to it. You can't be fooled by somebody coming to tell you something that you know. When a person comes to me, even when they say, I got a word for you, and I say, I got one for you too. Come on with it. Don't, don't, don't be swayed by that stuff. That's not even deep. I got a word for you. Well, just, I got one for you too. Nine times out of ten, they'll go on about their business. They don't have a word for you. They're trying to draw you in. Don't be ignorant. If they choose to give you that word, challenge them on what the Bible say. The word aligns up. And I learned that people can't give you a prophetic word uh, just off the bat and it doesn't bear witness to yourself. See, what they come to bring is confirmation. They can't come and tell you something that you don't know. You have to know these things. Mature Christians know. You have to know the word. You have to live in that word. You have to walk out that word. You have to speak that word. Tim, you can come on up here now. Um, our third and our last point. Speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love. Instead, and this is 4.15, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of this body, the church. Instead denotes that there is another way of life that believers need to operate. Instead of lying and trying to make peace, he outlines one of the most important marks of maturity. He even used this phrase, growing in every way more and more like Christ. In every way more and more like Christ. Here's how it ties together for us. The goal of maturity is right, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. The only way this can happen is by speaking the truth in love. We recently covered the 
series Blessed This Home. is a jerk (laughs) to tell the truth without love is a jerk to attempt to give love without telling the truth makes us a liar this will leave our loved ones in darkness you can tell a healthy relationship by the way people speak to each other You can tell a healthy relationship by the way they're received. We here at Thrive strive on the H-O-T acronym, which means we're honest, we're open, and we're transparent. We're honest with anything you need to know and want to know. We open our lives to you because we're not perfect. And we allow you to see our weaknesses because we're not always strong. We're human. Honest, open, and transparent. We won't allow immature, passive-aggressive pouting. You are not in kids' church. (laughs) We strive to be a healthy church. We strive for people to come up and step up to where God wants you. We believe we are empowered by the spirit of the living God we can do this God can give some of you the boldness to speak up and God can give others the tenderness to be nice where it's needed speak the truth in love receive the truth in love and grow in Christ likeness of Christ given us the office of and leadership so we can grow in maturity. You've heard that Mother Goose rhyme, Pussycat, Pussycat, where have you been? I've been London, the, the Queen. Pussycat, Pussycat, what did you there? I frightened a little mouse under the chair. Like that cat, Christians sometimes settle for pretty involvements, trivial pursuits, chasing mice, when we could have had the opportunity to spend time with royalty, with the king, instead of reminding constant or in contentment with minimum daily requirements. We can deepen our relationship with God and when we do that we grow today if this message is for you I challenge you change go home and write a list 
On one side, how have I been mature? On the other side, what have I done that's so immature? And compare it. And begin to change. And let God change you. With your eyes closed and bow your head. Today, this message might have touched someone that is so far from God that wants to know the God that we serve, that wants to partake in the family of faith, that say, I'm so far from God until I didn't know I wasn't living a truthful life. That want God to change their life. That wants to surrender. If that's you, just raise your hand. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Just say, I just want prayer for my immaturity. I want salvation for myself and my household. And others of you might be here today and say, Pastor Lise, I admit that I've had some immature acts. I admit out of my immaturity I've offended people and I've hurt people. I've even hurt the church with my pouting and accusations and my action. And God can forgive you of that and set you on the right track if that's you. Just slip your hand up. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you. Amen. Thank you. God wants to do something in your life. And I think you should let him do it. So, Father, I pray for those that are struggling with maturity, God. I pray that you touch them with your word, God, that they remember these words in Ephesians 4. They will not be tossed to and fro by every false doctrine. They will not be ignorant Christians. They will not walk down that path of unreasonable attitudes toward the saints, God. I pray their strength as they leave here today. Renew in their heart and their mind. God, we pray maturity over this church, over every leader, over every person here in the kids' church, in the nursery in the sound booth that we will not be tossed to and fro that we will grow up we will grow up in Christ and we will do this until the mission is completed and it's in Jesus name that we pray everybody say